Welcome, everyone. My name is David Greenwald with Linus Lifestyle University, and today I'm super excited to have on the phone with me Scott Olson. Scott Olson is the current and reigning uh, Masters 60-plus division CrossFit Games champion, and I'll let Scott clarify, but I believe that Scott is the three-time Masters CrossFit Games champion, and I'm just so excited to be able to talk to Scott today about CrossFit and about what it's like to train um, for the uh, for the Masters level athlete, and I'm just going to get right to it here. Scott, welcome to the program. Thanks, David. Uh, I'm happy to do it. It's been nice to meet you over the past uh, couple of weeks, and looking forward to having this discussion with you. Would you just kind of just tell us a little bit about yourself, family? What do you do for a living? Let us get to know you just a little bit with whatever you'd like to share. Well. Basically, grew up in Southern California, surfer boy, uh, played all kinds of sports. Uh, uh, well, what they had back then was basically basketball, soccer, track, football, and, and you know, played all of those and just uh, had a very athletic background, uh, specialized in football as I went through school. Um, ended up getting a football scholarship to San Diego State University. Um, and uh, once I graduated from uh, San Diego, I wanted to, you know, live the dream in the Colorado uh, Rocky Mountains. Um, uh, Rocky Mountain High and snow skiing, uh, avid snow skier, water skier. Uh, moved out here, um, got in the investment banking business, went to work for E.F. Hutton Company as a stockbroker. I've uh, been in that business ever since. Uh, that's one of the things about me. Once I start something, I kind of stay with it for some a long time if I enjoy it. Um, I've done every aspect of the business from retail to uh, financial uh, advising to uh, investment banking to owning a branch, an office, and managing brokers. So uh, now I'm on the downside of that, uh, kind of semi-retired and uh, um, still uh, pursuing sports uh, in the local or the latest, uh, which is CrossFit. Um, prior to that, uh, really a lot of water skiing, snow skiing, raising four kids, um, all very athletic and uh, successful in their own rights in sports and uh, in their lives. And, and um, um, that's pretty much it. It's kind of where I am now. Okay, great. Uh, what are your physical stats? How old are you? What's your height and weight? 62. I'm um, uh, six feet one. Have been since college, so uh, shrinkage hasn't uh, started in yet. Very happy about that. Uh, 205. My weight will fluctuate between maybe 200 at games time to as high as 210, 212 during off season or during the winter months uh, when there's less light outside or I'm not riding my bike as much. Um, but pretty much have been right around 205 since I graduated from uh, college. Okay, great. And I know you said you you uh, had a, a football scholarship to San Diego State, and um, so you've been athletic from as far back as you can probably remember, right? Absolutely. Yeah, I, lo- I love playing sports. I mean, that's a huge, huge part of my life, uh, working out, playing sports, physically fitness, physical fitness, is, that's something uh, that uh, we really uh, stressed as a family. Um, uh, you know, uh, snow skiing, water skiing, we did, we're like a little beehive. We all moved around, uh, all of us together, every vacation was with the kids, all the trips were with the kids, and and uh, doing all these sports together, and um, uh, living in, I'm very much, you know, about having a very active uh, physical lifestyle along with you know very stimulating business uh, uh, activity too, keeping the brain busy too. Absolutely. Um, 
Well, you know, my interview with you, I'm just going to tell the listeners, is going to be, it might be a little bit uh, schizophrenic on my part, um, only because I've just got so much that I want to ask you about your training and your your mental uh, side of things with regard to pro- uh, CrossFit and also what it's like. And that's one of the things that, it's one of the reasons I purposely sought you out is more so than even, you know, Rich Froning and, you know, the 20-somethings that are uh, the CrossFit Games world champions right now. You know, I wanted to talk to the higher end uh, masters, uh, a masters competitor like yourself, and of course the, the the world champion. And I believe I said it right three times over now, right? Uh, three times, um, uh, gold medal. Then I've got a silver medal uh, in the 55 to 59 age group. And uh, actually, uh, quite certain that I'm the only of the original 15 masters that um, when they started the masters at the games. It's just the top 15 in the world that qualified through various events. Um, and uh, I competed in also, it was in the top 15 there where I tore my biceps, so I wasn't able to finish the workouts, uh, and then the second workout in a deadlift. But as far as all those original 15, I'm the only one to participate in all of the uh, Masters to qualify and participate in all the Masters events, which I'm really very proud of that and that I've been able to, you know, keep myself healthy, uh, the ability to continue to train and still be, you know, one of the best ones out there. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to shelf the question that pertains to that, but I'll put it out to you, to you now. I'm going to ask you a few more, uh, to kind of just keep things, you know, kind of treat the interview, even though I'm going to be a little bit schizophrenic, a little bit all over the map. I'm going to kind of, you know, build into this with a warm up and maybe some, uh, some verbal dynamic mobility on my part. And um, But I want to ask, you know, I'm going to ask you, why do you think it is you are the only one of 15? And is it, and do you believe it's something you're doing that they're not? Or is it something else that is just maybe more personal in nature where people say, you know what, I did this for a while. I'm no longer as interested in it, blah, blah, blah. But let's come back to that. What's your history like with what I'll call traditional weightlifting? Um, strength training with weights um, and or cardiovascular conditioning, other than, of course, playing sports um, and being very athletic. When did you ever, you know, when did you ever start picking up some weights? When did you ever start specifically and purposely training for any kind of cardiovascular conditioning, if you ever did? Well, you know, you know, after, uh, you know, leaving San Diego State University and the football program there um, and moving out to Colorado, uh, you know, my body just needs to be doing something. I mean, I need to be, you know, working hard. I need to be playing hard. So, you know, I started going to the gym. I started jogging. Never was a jogger, but I started jogging. Um, and um, once I started working, I joined a Nautilus gym. And uh, I just always, you know, went to a gym, always worked out uh, after I was, uh, after business hours, uh, maybe during lunch hour, uh, even while I was raising uh, kids, four children, um, uh, to get my workout time in, I'd have to get up at sometimes 4.35 in the morning, uh, get a gym workout in at one of the, uh, the local athletic clubs. Uh, I've had personal trainers. Um, but it's just, it's just a big part of my life. I feel that, you know, physical fitness is so important in your life and, uh, to, you know, not only for just, you know, being physically fit and, and giving you quality of life there, but also, uh, I think it makes you a better father, a better businessman, um, the endorphin flow, it opens, opens up your brain. I think it allows you to make better business decisions and, and family decisions. So it's just a, you know, uh, it's just a huge, it's been a huge part of my life and will always be. 
Um, so worked out, you know, pretty much from day one. Uh, moved to Colorado, uh, belonged to gyms, personal trainers, uh, you know, did the typical bench press, you know, pull-ups, uh, you know, all the, you know, basic global gym moves and uh, was very physically fit, but not as functionally fit as I am now. Um, sure. Uh, so... Uh, it's just been really a part of my life, and in between all that, uh, it would snow ski anywhere with the family, 30 to 40 days a year. Um, uh, we water ski anywhere from, you know, three to five days a week. Uh, and Colorado doesn't have a whole lot of water, so we'd have to drive fairly far to, you know, and we belong to private lakes to to get that in. But, um, you know, I, I just had uh, kind of this addiction to exercise, and hmm. and it's uh, that's really what it's been all about. And I still have it, and I still enjoy it as much now as I ever have. That's awesome. All right. Well, thank you for that for that background. Is you've been you've been in gyms and you've been doing training for like you said, you know, basically since since day one, since you were in your twenties for sure. Yeah, and whatever the workout du jour was, you know, whatever was in right. vogue at the time, that's what the trainers were teaching, that's what I'd be doing. But you know, it's always, you know, you know, the, the the machines and the bench press and the, the strict press and curls and biceps and <laughs> you know, all that sure. kind of stuff that we did before I did CrossFit. Absolutely. So when did you start CrossFit, and what got you started? My daughter. Um, actually, my son, who was in the Marines, uh, when he got out, he kind of turned uh, my other son and daughter onto it. Um, and he went back into the Marines, but my daughter caught onto it. She joined Front Range CrossFit along with my son, Todd. And... Um, they would have been doing it for about five, six months, and my daughter, come on, Dad, come on, Dad, you know, you got to try this. And, you know, at this point, I was still doing the global gym thing, um, personal trainer off and on here and there, then riding my bike about 200 uh, miles a week and training for, you know, centuries and, and things like that. Um, uh, and I said, Chris, I don't, you know, I've got enough going on here. I don't, I don't need something new. But finally, one day on Thanksgiving, I'll never forget, uh, I said, okay, I'll come in for a workout. It was a, a team workout. There were four of us on a team, and I'm with um, two of this uh, uh, husband and wife team that were there that were very good uh, CrossFitters uh, at the time, and then another gal that um, actually uh, went to Cornell University. She was a doctor, and I had a son that went to Cornell, so it was kind of a, you know, these are just kind of facts that I remember because it was just, you know, it's so vivid in my mind for that particular day and then who the players were. But, you know, we're doing these workouts and uh, the, this is a, this workout that involves pull-ups and, you know, box jumps and, and you know, probably 10 or 15 different movements. And this is my first time in the gym. And so mm-hmm. one of the one of the thing, movements was, you know, we had to do like 50 pull-ups as a team. Well, you know, I can get up there and do 10 strict and I'm watching these guys do these kipping pull-ups and I go, what is that? You know, and we're not quite to our 50, and then my partner looks at me and says, Scott, we need to do some more. I just like, well, I can't do any more. He says, well, I'll help you. So he's actually pushing me up and down the bar. And then we get to box jumps, you know, and I'm trying to jump on these boxes. And I, I picked the, the 20-inch box because it was lower, not knowing that that was a woman's box. And, you know, I, I look back and laugh at that. But it was just, it was so much fun, but it was, I was so... Uh, exhausted, and even halfway through the workout, uh, the owner of the gym, Skip Miller, goes to my daughter, Kristen, hey, she says, Dr. Daddy's looking a little bit pale. She says, ah, nah, he rides his bike a thousand miles a week, don't worry about him. <laughs> I'm ready to fall over yeah. and puke. And, mm-hmm. um, but it was so much fun, and I felt so good afterwards. Man, that was, God, I feel good, you know, just totally, just, you know, worked and tired and exhausted, but a, a great endorphin rush, and Came back, uh, uh, that was on a Thursday. I think I came back on a Saturday, um, or possibly the Monday. I can't remember what it was, but, and then, uh, did that, and, and at that point I was pretty much hooked. 
you know, to the three, two, one, go thing, you know, being an athlete all my life, a competitive, uh, love to compete, you know, you know, having that stopwatch going, um, and uh, slowly but surely, um, as I began doing that, my other sports, the snow skiing and the water skiing kind of faded off, which was going to happen anyways. As my kids got older, they were off doing different things. So, um, you know, and we always went as a unit, and none of my friends could really hang very well. So this kind of stopped going as much, and, and CrossFit became a bigger part of my life. And uh, it evolved from, you know, just uh, you know a few days a week to pretty much every day, and it's uh, pretty much the, you know 90% of my training now. Great. So that was Thanksgiving of what year? I was 56 years old. It'd be 2007-ish, 2008? Uh, yeah, 2008. Uh, I mean, what a great way to, you know, to kind of come into with that, the whole team aspect. Uh, you know, there's, there's so much that's been said about it, uh, about CrossFit, that is, with regard to the camaraderie. And what a great way for you to get you know, a, a huge dose of camaraderie in that team concept. No question. No question. A huge, huge part of it. That's what kind of keeps you there. Um, you know, at this point, especially being, you know, an older athlete, you know, working out with 30 year olds, you know, basically the demographic now, you know, people my age kind of sitting on couches, uh, getting fat, getting diabetes, uh, um, whining about their health and, and, uh, just not feeling good, uh, about themselves, their marriages or their families. Um, you know, so I hang around a lot of young people and, uh, I think it keeps me younger. And the camaraderie, it's, it's, it's incredible. I mean, I can hang around these 30-year-olds and we can banner just like we're all the same age. And I feel like I'm one of them until I look in the mirror and realize, that ah, no, I'm, right. not, I'm not one of them. <laughs> right, right, exactly. So I think you answered this, but, you know, I, I was going to ask how many days a week you exercise, but basically is it like six or seven? Yeah, it, it, it comes down to that. It's, it, it, but, but the intensity level varies greatly uh, each and every day. Um, but, uh, yeah, I try to be active really pretty much every single day. I, I don't CrossFit on Sundays, but if the weather weather permitting, I like to get on my road bike and, uh, you know, get anywhere from 15 to 25 miles in on a uh, pretty brisk pace, uh, you know, heart rate around 110, 115. Uh, unless somebody pulls up next to me that wants to ride hard, then uh, then we'll go a little bit harder. But that'll be my active recovery day, and then um, uh, then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, pretty much uh, hit it again every single day. And then coach uh, usually three days a week also. Okay, great. Um, would you take us through a typical week of training for you? And I know this is going to be possibly one of the most interesting things to to the listeners. So you. You know, like you said, Sunday's an active recovery day usually. Um, so, yeah, I know there, and I know with CrossFit too, it's 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 extremely varied. Yeah. So I'll take that into consideration. But if you could, I don't know, as best you can generalize, take us through a week. Well, you know, it's varied, but it's it's not. I mean, the the actual wise, which has really become a much smaller part of CrossFit uh, recently, at least at the competitive level. I mean, at the uh, recreational level, it's it's a huge part of things. But, you know, from what I do now, the wads are something I, I enjoy doing. I do every day. My body can handle it, um, any kind of wad pretty much, and go day, day in, day out, and, and not have an issue with that, doing the Metcons. But uh, my schedule is... Um, you know, pretty much a wide every day, uh, with the exception of Sundays. Mondays, um, I usually O lift, uh, before I wide, uh, only because I coach, 
uh, right after um, I work out. At, if I go from five to six, then I have to leave there. And uh, my a couple of my training partners, they like to on Mondays like to OLF first before the WOD. So we'll go in and do an abbreviated session of OWAD, which will which will have anything to do with. Uh, you know, Skip Miller does all my programming, but it'll be something to do with uh, some kind of Olympic lift, uh, usually some power and, and possibly a skill. And um, uh, skill would be, uh, you know, uh, pull-ups or dips or a muscle-ups or something like that. But I'll make sure I get the strength part in. Could be a bench press, could be a back squat, could be a front squat, could be a deadlift. Um, uh, or it'll be uh, we'll do that along with an EMOM every minute on the minute of a some kind of a power snatch uh, combination of a, uh, a three movement or a three position power snatch or a three position power clean or you know uh, you know a, a clean squat clean and a front squat some kind of combination like that where we do those movements every minute on the minute at about seventy percent of my maximum weight. So that's uh, some that's my Mondays. Tuesdays is a is a longer day for me. I don't do any coaching, so I'll do my wad first. And um, and bear in mind our wads at Front Range are you know we'll have a wad that could be anywhere from five to twenty minutes, but we always usually combine an EMOM and every minute on the minutes in there working on a couple other skills. And this is something that's evolved over the years. We didn't used to have this, but CrossFit has evolved, and especially on the competitive level, you, you need to just get more get more work in. So you get a full hour of training. And there's never a, a five or ten minute wad. You know, there's if we have a short wad, then we'll have you know a longer warm up period. So we'll do the wad on Tuesdays. Then I'll go in the lift room and I'll work on whatever's on the board uh, for that particular day, uh, which again will probably involve another strength movement and then another O lifting movement, and then it'll all involve some skills. And then depending on what you know my body parts are feeling like, shoulders, I get an ache here, tendonitis in the elbow, uh, I might avoid some of the stuff on the board and do something else. I might, you know, what I need to work on handstand pushups today, so I'll you know pick up on do three sets of ten of. Uh, uh, or three three max sets of handstand push-ups, and I'll start doing strict as many strict as I possibly can, and then I'll go to kipping uh, for the remainder of that max set, and do you know three three or five sets of those, or ring dips, working my uh, uh, kip on my ring dips, um, or do strict ring dips, or do strict pull-ups. Uh, just find movements that I'm weak at. And then make them my strengths. Um, so that's my Tuesday. Um, you know, do what. Hey, yeah. Let me just ask real quick, and I know this for you, this is so second nature now that all the abbreviations and all the things are just, it's just a part of your language. But for the person that's listening, um, you know, obviously, as soon as you said it the first time, I had to kind of connect connect it, but an O-lift is an Olympic lift. Right. All right. And when you're talking about, would you just tell, you know, the listeners that are going to be just, the majority of the people listening are going to be, you know, everyday people that are looking to improve their health uh, typically lose weight. Uh, they're typically going to be overweight, and if they're in a gym, they're going to be doing the the stuff that you used to do, you know, 20, 30 years ago, standard machines, free weights, standard cardio, and that kind of thing. Would you tell the, uh, just explain, just uh, terminology-wise, what you mean by a strength movement versus an Olympic movement versus a skill movement? Yeah, absolutely. And I apologize for that. That's kind of like talking to people about the stock market when you start talking about uh, puts and calls and 
Uh, you know, uh, you know, short positions, long positions. Yeah, I apologize, but yeah, strength movement is is basic movement, uh, not usually a compound movement. It would be, uh, you know, putting, uh, you know, getting uh, a bar set up and, uh, you know, like doing back squats. Um, you put it on a rack and you get underneath the bar and you do a squat. You know, you try and get right. down to, uh, you know, greater than a ninety degree bend in your in your knees and then stand up and do uh, repetitions. Uh, that's a strength movement. A bench press. Is a strength movement, a strict press, uh, which would be a military press, commonly known for some of his older guys. You know, where you rack the weight on your shoulders and then you just strictly press up. Where there's no knee movement, there's no hip movement. Um, it's all about a strength movement. Olympic movements are totally different. Really, they're more of an athletic movement where it's involving explosiveness. So you now you're involving uh, a thrusting of the hips, uh, a, a knee jerk reaction, which would be like a ground to overhead might be like a snatch. So now you have a wide grip on the bar, and as you lift the bar weight off the ground, there's a lot of explosiveness that goes off with your hips, you know, thrusting forward, uh, combining that with a shoulder shrug, that launches the weight above your head, where it's really not a strength movement at all. Your arms act as ropes, and your core body launches this weight, and then you catch it you know, either above your head or in a squat position. Uh, so that would be an Olympic movement. So Olympic involves uh, explosiveness and strength. is nothing but pure that, just pure strength. Okay. And then what about skill? And skills would be um, a lot of what CrossFit is, which makes CrossFit awesome. Uh, a lot of it's gymnastic moves. Uh, that's your pull-ups. Uh, because the, our pull-ups, you know, you know, would be a strength movement if they were strict. So if we do strict pull-ups, that, that is a strength movement. The kipping pull-ups, which is going to be unfamiliar probably to a lot of your listeners, involves more of a gymna- gymnastic movement. If you think of a kipping, uh, when you're a kid watching, uh, uh, you know, these guys on the high bars and stuff in the Olympics, uh, you know, the way they get their body up uh, above the bars is through kind of a, a hip movement and shoulder explosiveness and things like that. So that would be a skill. Handstand push-ups, uh, strict, is a strength movement where you just get up on your hands against a wall and you put, touch your head to the ground and push back up. Strength movement. Um, but we use a kip where we, when we're in the down position, when our head is touching the ground, we thrust our legs upward to propel the rest of our body. Once they reach full extension, then we press with our hands, and it makes the, easy, the movement easier and it becomes more of a gymnastic movement. So to get many repetitions, especially if you're going to compete, you need to be able to use that kip. Um, okay. Same thing with ring dips. Uh, if you do ring dips, just you know, like a, like a, a dip, like um, or a bar dip, like we used to do on parallel bars or whatever, strength movement. But if you involve your knees, you bring your knees up to pop your body up. That's a kipping movement. So therefore, it becomes a um, uh, a gymnastic movement. And then of course, uh, muscle ups. A strict movement, strict muscle up is a is a um, Strength movement, but using the kipping like we do in CrossFit, it becomes a, a gymnastic movement. Okay. Is there? Thank you for that. Is there anything else terminology-wise, like uh, with regard to the movements, strength, Olympic skill, that you know uh, that you think you might reference, or that the listeners should at least know going forward? Well, the, the skill movements. You know that really, you know, you know, Olympic lifting to me is a skill movement. You know, it's, it's, it's an O lift, but it takes a lot of skill and practice. It's kind of like a golf swing. Yeah, it's just something you just have to work on. Uh, the gymnastics are, are skills too. 
I mean, just the strict powerlifting, the bench press, you know, that's your basic strength, and and that's really the meat and potatoes, really, of, I think, any fitness program. You know, now CrossFit, you know, we have all kinds of these crazy movements, um, but for the most part, they're functional. Um, I mean, handstand walking, I don't see as really functional, and that's part of CrossFit these days. But, you know, um, but, uh, yeah, the functional movements, you know, a lot of times will involve, you know, some type of gymnastics abilities or, or some type of skill to make that movement a little bit easier to do uh, in rapid order and, and to do a lot of them in a, in a short period of time. Okay, it's, kind of, it's, kind of hard to, it's kind of hard to verbalize that, but uh, sure. it would be much easier for me to show somebody. And when I coach, I do a lot more uh, actual demonstrations than I do talking. It's a lot easier to, you know, do it, you know, paint the picture and show them than it is to explain it. Absolutely. Well, no, I, I think it's great, and thank you so much for clarifying at least, you know, those three terms so the people uh, that at least have even a minimal background can kind of separate a little bit, the, you know, and kind of differentiate what you're talking about. So, okay, so you were about to go on to Wednesday. So Tuesday's that, and Wednesday is just continue on. Yeah, Wednesday is a, is a short day. Today's a Wednesday, so I'll, I'll do and I'll, I'll go in and just do the Metcon, which is uh, the, the, the workout of the day, um, which, you know, the, the workout itself may last today, let's say it might be a 10-minute wad, but we'll do an EMOM, we'll do a warm-up. So, you know, I'll actually, you know, start elevating my heart rate after we do some stretching and some mobility uh, for 10 minutes uh, the remaining 50 minutes, uh, my heart rate will be elevated with uh, other movements, getting warmed up for the wad. Then the wad comes and then you max it out there. So that's my short day. Um, and then I leave and uh, go coach a couple classes at the Bladium uh, CrossFit. Um, and then uh, and then Thursday will be another long day for me. Um, that's uh, another day that I don't uh, that I don't work or don't coach. So I'll come in. And uh, now, now I'm starting to get a little bit tired, so it may not be as intense, but uh, I'll get some strength in, uh, maybe something like a bench press. You know, it's a real simple movement, uh, just working on some, uh, you know, upper body, uh, some shoulders, some uh, delt, and some uh, pec strength. Um, you know, there's not any stress on the back, the posterior chain. So I'll work on that, maybe do that. Um, and then um, and then maybe work on a, a snatch, which is a lighter weight movement, um, and just work on uh, maybe lightweight, you know, for for my abilities, lightweight, and just working on the uh, the movement itself, and then pick out skills, uh, maybe muscle ups, bar muscle ups. Uh, I'll see what he's got on the board for everybody else. Um, you know, I do bear in mind that you know what's on the board is pretty much for competitors. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's a real heavy load what, what he puts up on the board each day. And some days I'll do everything, and a lot of days I'll do maybe half. It just depends how my body feels and what it needs to recover, you know, given that I don't take days off. Um, you know, so I'll pick and choose or just randomly, you know, find something that's not going to be invasive on my body that I haven't worked much that week and, and, and work on that movement. So, and, and again, just terminology-wise, Metcon is metabolic conditioning. Yeah, which is and yeah. EMOM is yeah. This EMOM is every minute on the minute. Every minute on the minute, which is a little bit less uh, cardiovascular stressing than uh, than what the wads are. It still you know, elevates your heart rate, but it's a it's a great training tool we use to uh, you know just repeat a movement over and over and over again in a non-timed environment. I mean, it's, you know, we're doing the movement every minute on the minute, but you, just, you put the weight down, you rest for 30 seconds. And you think about what you did, then you, you do it again. It's just not boom, 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 going until you just can't move anymore. Um, 
so that's uh, yeah, that's what the imams are. And then when you're look, you're talking about, and it, a lot of people are going to be familiar with, you know, the the wad or workout of the day, and what people have seen up on the whiteboard or chalkboard or what they see on the various websites and so forth. And one of the things that I like that you said, right? You know, you you you've already at least said it, and it's something that you know, as I'm, you know, just kind of very much just kind of starting this whole kind of CrossFit. I just want to at least experiment with it and and try it um, with where I am and and the the beating I've given my body in in strength training and and just other life events. You know, I have to scale things. And one of the things that you know I heard you say, but people may not be familiar so familiar with it is when they see the whiteboard or the chalkboard or they see these wads and they say, oh, my gosh, you know, 185 pounds for this, 225 pounds for that, 315 pounds for that. Um, like you said, by Thursday, you're starting to get a little tired. It's getting a little – it's the latter part of the week. You might, you know, look at that and see what's on the board just for some ideas, but then you might cut it in half. And that you know, in CrossFit, they call that scaling, right? Correct. Yeah, which which is incredibly important. I mean, I mean, talking about me uh, in this interview to your uh, to your listeners out there, I, I'm not sure how uh, representative that is because you know my training program is totally unlike you know a normal CrossFitters program is. I mean, I mean, I coach, and when I coach, you know, your your typical CrossFitter out there, I mean, their workouts aren't even close to what I do. So I think your listeners need to know that, you know, if anybody wants to do what I do, that's great, but, you know, give it years to get there and be really, really careful amping up your training program to do what I do. Um, what's really more representative is just showing up for the wad and, you know, getting a good heart rate up and enjoying yourself and, you know, be there for an hour and go home, and that's uh, 90% of the market out there, and, and that's totally fine. And with the proper coaching and the proper programming, a person can become very, very physically fit doing that. Um, uh, if they want a little bit more and they, you know, get the bug like a lot of us do, um, you know, then we add in the O lifting, the Olympic lifting, and, and some additional strength training, and and then working on our skills, which includes, you know, the pull-ups and the push, not uh, pull-ups, uh, you know, the handstand push-ups, etc. I, I think it's great. Thank you for differentiating. And I think there's kind of two things. You know, I, I think that there are going to be people listening who are going to be very interested in what the best in the world does. But thank you for, you know, uh, kind of reminding the listener that, look, this is me. And you're not beating your chest saying I'm the best in the world, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, you are, you know, you are who you are. And, you know, three-time world champion, CrossFit Games, uh, you know, silver medalist as well, um, and on and on. It is different, but I think it's very interesting for the people who are athletic that are going to be listening, for the people who are maybe competitive, for the people who maybe they are maybe they may already be doing CrossFit and they may be wanting to do maybe a scaled event or maybe do an RX event, which basically means as prescribed. Right. Um, so I think there are, we definitely are going to have both. Definitely, I know the majority of the people listening are going to be you know everyday people just looking to get in better shape, typically lose weight, feel better, uh, really transform their lives from the inside out. Mm -hmm. So. Um, if we, I'm not sure if we have finished Thursday. I don't want to cut you off on Thursday, but if so, then let's go to Friday. Yeah, pretty much that. Friday, uh, Friday's a, a great day for me. It's the end of the week. I usually take off around 11:30 here and do a noon workout. Again, I have, uh, you know, workout partners that I pretty much meet every day, and that's that's what makes it fun. And and uh, my partners usually are, are on the level of they are of trying to compete and try and get to the games. So uh, you know, we really can kind of push each other and stuff. So Friday's a, is a fun day. Uh, you know, we get a little bit of different crowd going in 
at noon, get to see some people I don't normally see, um, and you know, get the high five and do the fist pumps, and you know, we get a good wad in. Then we go over to the Olaf room, and it's pretty casual on Fridays. Um, again, another day that I'm feeling, you know, the soreness from the week. Uh, really, really listening to my body, and this is and this is really, really key for everybody out there. And I see the young guys make these mistakes all the time. They keep on pushing, keep on pushing. Their, their adrenaline, their testosterone's gone crazy, and you know, and then next thing you know, they can't work out for a week. I mean, I really pay attention to what I've worked on this week and what's feeling good, what's not feeling good, uh, what skill I really haven't had, and and constantly thinking about my weaknesses. Um, and you know what? What are what are the good days to work on them? Um, so Friday's kind of one of those days. Maybe I'll get the sled out on Friday and just drag a sled around the building, you know, just to work on some muscle endurance, something kind of goofy like that that's never in the programming. Uh, maybe flip some tires, and this is all after the walk. Um, sure. um, and then I'll see what my partners want to do, and we'll, we'll we'll drum up some stuff. We'll see what's on the board, and maybe we'll follow the board. Maybe we won't. Just you know, we'll kind of hit and miss. But it's really listening to our bodies. Um, I worked out with uh, another gal who's a master's athlete. She's 50, and another guy who's about 45, uh, fairly often that are very good athletes. And so we kind of commiserate and uh and it makes it really really fun uh and we usually agree on something um and if we don't then then we'll, a couple of us will do our own thing for 10 or 15 minutes and we'll get back together and yank a sled around the building at the end of the day and uh uh or just say you know that's it you know happy friday and see you tomorrow morning you know saturday right right so that's okay, my friday and then saturday work out at nine in the morning um uh, meet my partners then, uh, do the wad, then, uh, again, uh, it can be a very long, uh, O-lift session. Uh, that, that Saturday I like to do a lot of power stuff. So if I'm gonna do, you know, I, you know, I like to do a deadlift, and, and I'll keep that in mind on Friday, you know, when, when I'm doing my stuff on Friday after the, after my, uh, wad, um, I probably won't do anything real heavy because Saturday's a day that I kind of like to do some heavy stuff. I've got a lot of time. So I'll try and get in a really heavy back squat, uh, scheme, you know, five sets of five, maybe a Wendler set, uh, which is a, um, a program of, uh, you know, uh, you know, heavy weight at, of three sets, uh, or three reps at a heavy weight or maybe five reps at a heavy weight. Um, uh, doing at least four or five sets, uh, maybe that with a, either a back squat or a deadlift. Um, and then from there, um, I'll look what else is on the board, and I'll pretty much try and follow the board on that day. And it might involve some running, it might involve some rowing, um, and we'll get all that in. And then usually that's our day to, especially if it's a nice day, we'll, we'll grab a sled, uh, either two or three of us, and we'll take turns uh, either doing sprints with it, um, for like 40 meters with anywhere from uh, usually about 135 pounds on there um, to uh, um, all that or just dragging it around the building. You know, we go as far as we can go. It's about 550 meters around the building, so we'll drag for 30, 40 uh, meters, and the next person grabs it and drags for 30, 40 meters and, and just kind of, you know, fry our quads out. And um, it, it's, you know, but it's not you know, heart-wrenching, uh, but it's great for muscle endurance. It's kind of a nice way to finish off the week. Um, it's not real intense, but it's um, uh, it's, it's a good exercise. You're out in the sun, and and uh, time kind of goes by fast when you, go, when you have three of you out there. So that, uh, it's kind of a nice way to finish off the week, and that's my Saturday. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, I, I think... I think we've got seven days, and I understand that it's, you know, there's a lot to it. And like you said, 
it takes a lot of years to kind of you know sort all this out and know exactly what everything is. But um, I I know that you know I've been training for 32 years and I've only been uh, even just touching a little bit of CrossFit for only just a few months. Um, but I think I have a good you know a general sense anyway. I can't say a good sense, but I have a general sense of of what your week looks like. Is there anything else you'd want to add about your week? The uh, the one last thing, and it's, you know, when you, as you just mentioned that we call it that you're a power lifter. The one thing I really do try and avoid, and I think it's one of my secrets to success and staying healthy, is I don't go for many PRs or personal records. Um, I try and work more muscle endurance. Uh, than I do to try and get a huge lift to put up on the board like the young guys do. They like to go to max for max deadlifts all the time, max back squats, uh, max clean and jerks, and you know. And I work my way up to them, but I don't make a habit of, um, especially a back squat or a deadlift. I'd rather do, you know, take 225 pounds and be able to rep that 20 times. Then go and do a, then get up to 350 pounds on a back squat and, and really stressing myself. Um, number one, I just don't think it's that healthy for me to be doing that. Um, I get a much more benefit out of muscle endurance, not only for physical fitness purposes, but for competitive purposes. I mean, you know, one of my biggest assets, you know, when I do compete, and especially at the games, is, is, and any of my competitors will tell you, it's my muscle endurance. Um, you know, I've trained my muscles to go over and over. I think that has a lot to do with uh, a lot of the bike riding that I've done. And uh, but it keeps me healthier by not going for those max lifts. And that's what, something I really wanted to get across to your listeners that you know it's not about the max lift on the board. It's you know how many times can you do a you know take 135 pounds and how many times can you front squat that without putting it on the ground? That's where you're going to gain you know more muscular fitness, physical fitness, uh, more beneficial. Um, um, what I want to say, uh, just more, um, uh, you know, more, more just functional fitness versus that one rep max. Okay. And when you're talking about, you know, max lift, um, there's, there, you know, just for, again, clarification, when you say you don't typically build up to a max lift, are you talking about a single or you don't build up to even like a max three or max five? A max single. You know, I'll do I'll do a max three or a max five, and I'll work my way up to that very slowly. But it's it's those max singles that can that can cause you the harm. You know, and especially if you're working out with a group, you know, there's a lot of there's some peer pressure going on there. You know, and they're like, yeah, come on, you can do it, you can do it, and you know, next thing you know, the guy's limping when he comes in the next day. And I've seen guys pop their knees out, and I'm sure you've seen all kinds of that stuff happening in your powerlifting days. That uh, uh, you, right. you know, you just went one too many lifts, and now you're out for a little while. Absolutely, it it sounds it sounds like I just want you to clarify if you would, Scott. How long are your typical sessions? Two hours, two hours typically. You know, one hour if I'm just doing the walk, but if it if I'm gonna O lift uh, afterwards, it's usually uh, you know an hour in the uh, wad room doing stuff that whatever cool down some mobility after the wad, and then in the O lift room uh, another hour there. And again, just differentiation. Got you know, I want I want to keep the listener squared away here. That's for Scott, world champion, three times, one time silver medalist. Your average person that is going to see improvement that you work with, that's looking to better their life, that isn't everyday more more average Joe and Jane. How long do they work out, and what do you suggest for them? One hour. One hour, one hour, unless you really want. I mean, I, the only reason I work out this much is because I'm, I'm, you know, I'm working out to win, to compete at the games again. 
I, right. I, I want to win again. Um, when I stop competing at the games, when I feel like uh, that um, whatever, I'm not good enough to compete anymore, then I'll tone things down. But I'm a very competitive person. I love to compete. I love going to the games. And I love winning and I hate losing. So, you know, that's, that's, this is what it's going to take me now to compete. Uh, two, three years ago, no, I didn't have to work this hard, but everybody's getting better, including people in my age bracket. You look at some of these guys this last year that I competed against, you got, you swear they're doing testosterone or something because they're, you know, they're getting pretty ripped. And it's not that easy for 60 year olds to build muscle, but these guys are working hard. Uh, we do get, uh, drug tested, so nobody's doing drugs, but, uh, you know, these guys are, you know, it's just getting, it's getting, it'll be tougher and tougher as each year goes on. So, uh, I need to train at this level, but, uh, for the, a regular guy coming in, want, want just wanting to be a little bit more functionally fit, uh, lose some weight, uh, look better in the in the bathing suit. One hour is fine. Just you know, make sure you have good programming, which is you know, nobody really knows what good programming is when you first walk in. But you need to have an you know an hour of an elevated or at least forty five minutes of elevated heart rate. So you need to have you know, join a gym where you have a ten fifteen minute warm up, and that warm up kind of accumulates it builds into from mobility to some air squats push-ups um v-ups setups of some kind um and then next into uh, uh some kind of an imam which is starting to prepare you for the workout of the day and then the workout and this should take up until they should take it that full hour and if you do that you know, you're going to have an elevated heart rate for 45 minutes, you're going to burn some calories. You're going to become more physically fit, um, and you're not going to lift any kind of tremendous amount of weight that, sh- that should not harm you if, if you're instructed properly, and you're going to be ready to go again the next day. All right, awesome. That's all, Yeah, that's just awesome. So m- kind of moving on here, are, are you and would you consider yourself a details trainer? And by this, I mean, do you record your training sessions in a log every time? Do you wear a heart rate monitor? Or are you more instinctual? It's uh, it's at this point it's definitely instinctual. You know, I used, when I first started uh, CrossFit, I did wear a heart rate monitor. We kind of looked at me funny, but you know, being a cyclist, you know, you know, we basically, you know, our whole workout based on our heart rate. When you ride for two or three hours, you can't ride at 160 heart rate unless you're, you know, one of the one of the big guys. Um, you know, you have to ride around 140 or something to sustain uh, any kind of strength towards the end. But uh, uh, but I just kind of wanted to see where I'd go, and I, I dropped that after a couple of months. But um, I do record all my workouts at the gym uh, because that's you know most of your gyms do that. You put it in the computer, and and um, you know we get to measure against the other guys, and that's what makes it fun. But as far as me writing down things, you know, I, I'd say half the people I work out with do that. Uh, they, on every workout, they have spreadsheets and whatever. I don't. Um, you know, I, when I go in the old lift room, I just back squat what I back squat. I, if I'm doing like a, a certain lifting program, I'll write things down. Um, just to, you know, make sure I knew what I did last time and, uh, when I go do that lift again, to, uh, I'll base my next routine after uh, on that. But, but typically, no, I don't write anything down. I go by feel. Uh, I know what I'm good at. I know where I need work. Um, I don't really need to write it down and, and I can pretty much remember what I lifted last time. I know what my PRs are for cleans, jerks, and, you know, where my, where it starts to get rough at and things like that. So it's uh, way more instinctive with me. Okay. Thank you. Um, so how important is traditional cardiovascular training? And by that, just for clarification, again, for the listeners, I'm talking about kind of your standard running, cycling, elliptical, rowing, um, and, and done at levels traditionally thought of 
as for the cardiovascular system, you know, aerobic capacity, not so much lactate threshold, not so much um, you know the anaerobic aspect, but more the true aerobic aspect where maybe you're doing it at more of a steady state for at least 20 minutes or where you're the purpose is for aerobic capacity. How do you feel about that? I'm, I'm, I'm just 100,000% for it. You know, um, I don't think everybody needs to be a CrossFitter or do. You know, I'm all about physical fitness and feeling good about yourself and carrying low body fat and, and whatever it takes to get you there. You know, I, I love CrossFit. Uh, it works for me. Uh, it's not necessarily for everybody, but uh, I'm definitely uh, an advocate of running, uh, rowing, bicycling, you know, whatever gets you out there. There's nothing but benefits uh, in doing all of those things. Um, obviously, you know, giving, uh, you know, as we get older, we get, you know, knees, things like that, that, uh, get, that get a little sore, meniscus issues, uh, whatever. Um, so, you know, running can be a little bit invasive, uh, for those of us that are a little bit on a larger size, uh, frames. Uh, biking is, is tremendous. I mean, not a whole lot for the upper body, but still great cardio, uh, movement and burns a ton of calories and, you know, get a good hard ride in, uh, especially mountain biking is, is like interval training is, is fantastic for you. So I'm an advocate for all of that, um, stuff. And I would, uh, you know, I would do more if I didn't do so much uh, CrossFit. Absolutely. All right. Thank you. Thank you for that too. Um, so, I want to ask about, you know, kind of the anaerobic lactate threshold training. A lot of the Metcon metabolic conditioning, you know, that's what it is. And obviously, you know, there's there's a presence of oxygen in any exercise we do, but it does start to move more and more and more toward an anaerobic um, type of, of energy substrate. And do you, and I understand, you know, with the, the wads or the workouts of the day that, you know, a lot of that a lot of times is, you know, working on that metabolic conditioning. Do you ever do or ever recommend to clients that they do, you know, kind of the, uh, I'll call it, I'll call it cross training only from the aspect of CrossFit where they are doing, um, you know, anaerobic lactate threshold training on an elliptical or on a cycle or in rowing um, that isn't so much a, uh, you know, push up, pull up, burpee, you know, uh, what people may commonly think of as, you know, kind of CrossFit movements. Uh, that are anaerobic or lactate threshold oriented. Do you? I don't know if I'm asking it in a, in a way that. I, 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 yeah, I think I get it, and in, in the answer is yes. Um, what we'll do sometimes, uh, you know, instead of you know lifting any kind of weights, what we'll do is we'll do let's say five 400 meter runs, and we'll okay. we'll do them on the, like the three minutes. So you do a max 400 meter. You you know it's a, it's a max. It's a sprint. Uh, if you saw me run it, it's not quite a sprint. <laughs> it's right, right. Uh, not not anymore. Um, it was really that fast, anyway. But it's but it's a max effort, taking your heart all the way up there. You've got about a minute and a half, two minutes to recover, um, and then you do it again like five times. Totally exhausting. Uh, we'll sure. do, we'll do it on the rower. We did a we did a deal. It was. Um, Oh, got the other day was a 250 meter, 250 meter row ten times and then ten burpees and something else. But but yeah, but sometimes we'll do uh, we'll get on the rowers and we'll do um, let's say uh, ten 500 meter rows. And you talk about something that'll just totally fry you. And they're all max efforts. And they're on the let's say we'll put them on the three minute or, or on the four, even on the five minutes. So if you're really a fast rower, you're going to row a 130 to 140, 145. 
Um, so you have a couple minutes to, to, to rest and then you hit it again, but you do that 10 times and you're just totally blown away. And, and then that, that'll be our workout sometimes. Right. So right, I absolutely okay. we'll, we'll do it with rowers. Uh, biking you can't do it so much and biking you can't, but biking is, you know, it's just too easy to coast and unless you're grinding up a hill or something like that, uh, or you have a real good organizer, you know, you need so much more room for biking if you really want to get your heart rate up. I mean, you need like a, you know, at least a half a mile to really crank your heart up and then, you know, do your interval training that way. But, uh, definitely with rowing and running, we'll, we'll definitely do that. All right. Good. Thank you. And, um, so let's, let's go, let's, let's hit this hot button subject next. CrossFit is routinely criticized for being a dangerous activity with lots of injuries. What, in your experience as a competitor and trainer, have you observed, and what are your beliefs on this subject? Yeah, I mean, there's no question it goes on, and and it's the problem with CrossFit and timed events. What makes it great is also what makes it not so great, and that people will push themselves, uh, just that natural competitive nature, and when you're on the clock, I mean, this is what makes it fun. This is why we do it because we're competing, we're going hard, and maybe we're not trying to be the best guy in the gym, but we're being trying to be the best of my little peer group. You know, we all have our little guys that we we know are kind of similar in abilities, and you know, we want to push to beat them. So we might be doing you know deadlifts and um, lunges and pull-ups, and you know, but the deadlifts start getting really sloppy at the end. Um, that's one of the dangers of, of CrossFit um, because you do push yourself so hard, but it's also one of the best things about it. So you just have to be really careful, and the coaches have to be just on you about this rounding of your back on the deadlifts. So you've got to, you know, keep that back tight and taut, and, you know, you got to use your knees and not go into that Romanian position where you're not bending your knees. And I, I know I'm using some language here that uh, your listeners won't understand, so I'll, I'll try to refrain from that. But, um, like I say, it's, it's, it's the best part of CrossFit and, and one of the worst parts, and that's where you injure yourself. Um, and it's really up to the coaches. You know, CrossFit isn't any more dangerous than Olympic lifting. Um, I know you know what the dangers are Olympic lifting, the power lifting. Uh, um, you know, it's just, you know, anytime you overuse or continue to use a certain muscle group, you, you, you run the danger of, of, of some kind of uh, soreness, injury, tendonitis, or whatever. You just have to really listen to your body, and, and hopefully you belong to a box that has good coaches, keeps an eye on you, and keeps you from getting those injuries, and, and you know, watches you during the wads and make sure that you're not going so fast that your form just goes to crap. Um, well, you know, you've seen such a proliferation of, uh, of boxes opening up out there, and uh, that, that's a problem because uh, you've got people that you know, are getting level one certifications and opening up a box that really still aren't good crossfitters themselves, don't know how to program. Uh, it's just grown so rapidly, but there's a reason it's grown rapidly because it's fun and it works. Um, but now that it's gotten so popular, people are getting interested. Ah, now wait a minute here, you know. So now you're starting to see some turnover out there. But you know, CrossFit, you know, done properly is no more dangerous than doing anything else. Um, powerlifting, you know, done properly, you know, not so dangerous. But if you don't really pay attention to your form. Um and uh, you know you, you pay attention to your body, make sure it's ready to work out. Um, you're going to have problems. Um, people could tell me that CrossFit's dangerous. Yeah, yeah, it is if you don't do it right. You know, anything you do if you if you don't do it right is you know can be dangerous. 
but done properly and scaled properly, you can do it the rest of your life. I don't advocate it necessarily for everybody the rest of their life, but but you can. Absolutely. And you know, and, and I want to make sure that when I ask this next question, that I'm not, uh, you know, throwing Scott into uh, you know a, a baited question or or tossing him under the bus. Um, Go ahead, and toss me. I can no, handle it. <laughs> as a powerlifter over the years myself, I've been injured. Um, I think that any athlete, any strength training athlete, any athlete at all who has pushed the envelope, um, when you're riding the edge, as I call it. Um, there's a there's going to be an increased risk of injury. And if you never push the envelope, you never see the great gains, you never get the the really good strength gains, the really good muscle gains, the really good cardiovascular endurance gains if you don't push things. And I think for anybody who pushes things to the edge, there are times where for any number of reasons, from a loss of focus, a loss of form, a freak thing, uh, gosh, you name it. The list is is quite long. There's an opportunity or potential for injury. I've had you know back injuries. I've had elbows, shoulders, knees. You know, um, nothing catastrophic, but things that have definitely you know had me uh, where I had to back things off for not just a couple of weeks, but for months, and then come back in slowly and work around things and and, and all that. I've never had any surgery for anything, but uh, doesn't mean that I huh, maybe I shouldn't have. So I do want to ask you, with all that being said, and owning up myself, and also I think owning up to the fact that when we're pushing the envelope, when we're riding the edge, when we are look, when we are really looking to peak, and we really care about that, there's a an increased you know chance of injury. Have you sustained injuries? Um, yeah, um, I have, and I don't know if it's directly CrossFit related. By the way, your little editorial there is just totally right on. Um, you know, you know, as a, as a competitor, you being a competitor, you know, you, you can't get to that next level without going to the edge of the envelope. Period. And you, you just don't want to, you know, tip over and, and bust out. But it's it's really hard not to when you're when you're going. That's yeah, you know, you just that's that's how that's that's how we are. That's how we're wired, and that's you know what it takes to win. But um, as far as injuries, uh, you know, I've had. Um, some knee surgeries, um, mainly just minor stuff, meniscus, uh, you know, wearing down whether that's because of CrossFit or that's from bike riding or running or playing football. Um, it's probably accumulation of all of that. Uh, I'm not going to blame it all on CrossFit, but, uh, you know, so I've had several meniscus repairs. Um, uh, I've recently had an issue with tendonitis, but I think that tendonitis was a result of snowboarding one day. Uh, under certain conditions, I really stressed my knees, and then coming back and doing CrossFit uh, uh, kind of, you know, perpetuated uh, the, the tendonitis issue, and, and so I've been kind of fighting that lately. Um, I've had um, a laminectomy in my L5. Um, I think it's just a function, again, of being an active person all my life where um, I had a slow compression on a nerve, a very slight compression. Uh, they didn't have to do any kind of disectomy. Just went in there and opened up the, the lamin or, you know, part of the bone area. It's like taking a rotor rooter in there and where the nerve comes out of the spine. You just make a little bit uh, more space for it and, and everything's fine. Um, so if I, I, I don't, I can't say that I've had a CrossFit injury, but you know, I definitely get soreness, but I had soreness in my shoulders when I was going to the Globo gym. Um, so I'm sure there's accumulation of wear and tear, but at the end of the day, you know, I'm knocking on wood as I speak. I mean, I really, considering the workload I put my body under, um, at 62 years old, I really feel, you know, uh, expletive great. 
um, and I really feel good. Yeah. Well, I know that, you know, when you and I had talked on the phone before this interview, you were talking about how you really don't look at, you really don't look at your age. You don't really look at the 62 and say, wow, I'm a 62 year old, therefore. I hate to even say it. I even hate to say, I seriously, I hate to even say it. Because the more you say it, the more you become it. And I don't want to become it. I want to just be who I am. I'm Scott Olson. And I, I go train every day. And uh, so there. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, well, I, I think kind of just wrapping up, and I'm going to leave that subject. Is there anybody who you think should not do CrossFit? Yeah, there probably is. I mean, there's some people that have had, uh, you know, injuries or whatever. You know, CrossFit, you know, it's, I don't, you know, it really could be for everybody if it's scaled properly. But I don't really, you know, to me, I'm just an advocate of physical fitness. Uh, physical fitness brings mental fitness. Uh, I think, you know, just, I just want people to exercise. You know, whatever it takes for you to get out of the chair, whatever motivates you. CrossFit can be a little bit intimidating or intense for some people. Oh, I've got a gazillion gyms out there that have kind of opened up, and some are really, really good, and some aren't, and, you know, and there's going to be some bad experience. But the end of the day is move your body. And if, if CrossFit motivates you to do it, I love it. It's great for me, and I will continue to do it for a very long time. Um, but there's nothing wrong with getting on a bike and spinning around a lake and taking an hour out there and getting that heart rate up or a jog or a hike. Um, just be mobile. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah, if you've got certain injuries or mobility problems, um, and, and just that environment, three, two, one, go doesn't work for you, well, find something else, but just do something. Um, you know, it, it's, CrossFit's really caught on. It's, it's the big buzz. And, and, uh, whenever anything gets big like this, uh, along come the, uh, the naysayers too. And, and fine. But, um, certain people, yeah, you know, it might just not be for them. And it's a lot of their, their mental makeup, uh, that might have a lot to do with it too. There's the intensity of the gym and, and, uh, that environment doesn't work for some people. I've met some people like that. They, they don't want to O lift. They just want to do, you know, body pump or Zumba. Well, fine, go do it. Um, but whatever, just you know, whatever flips your switch, just make sure you move. Get off the couch. That's awesome. Yeah, thank, yeah, thank you so much for that. I absolutely agree, 100. percent Well, as the best, I'm going to use the number just so that the people can make sure that they they reference it. As the best 62 year young CrossFit Masters competitor in the world, do you have to work around things you didn't used to have to 30 years ago? Because that's one of the things that you know, I I think might be you know interesting to the listener. Do you have any, you know, do you have to think about anything now that you didn't when you were twenty two? You know, at twenty two, I probably didn't think about anything. But uh, right. <laughs> you know, but but I do recall, you know, in my thirties when you know as I you know I had my career going and then you know raising my kids, um, you know, I had personal trainers and stuff and. Um, well, I remember going to the gym at five in the morning, and you know people weren't as smart about mobility back then. And uh, you know my trainer was a guy that was uh, actually the, one of the one of the trainers for the Colorado Rockies, so he's a you know very good uh, uh, respected trainer. But man, there's some mornings I could barely stand up straight. And this is when I was in my thirties. My back was just so tight and sore from whatever movement we were doing. Um, and uh, so that's you know thirty some years ago. And and I have days like that now too sometimes, but I know how to control that and and you know avoid certain movements and get me some a little bit more mobile when I get out of bed in the morning. But um, I can honestly say that I feel 
pretty much as good today as I did 30 years ago. And I think that's all about, you know, genetically, obviously, I've been blessed. Um, thanks, Mom, and the, and the Johnsons and the Swedes from uh, back in the day. But uh, um, I think it's, you know, being smart about what I do, really paying attention to my body. Um, but I do tend to, you know, max things out. Um, and uh, definitely an overachiever. And uh, But I, I really can pretty much do probably more today than what I could do back then. I certainly can do more today than what I could do when I first started CrossFit six years ago. Absolutely. Well, that that kind of makes me want to ask this question. You know, we can say talk about as people get older, you can talk about disadvantages and things you might have to work around. What would you say, if there are any, are there any advantages to being 62 over 22 or 32 as far as the training goes? Uh, probably not. You know, they've, they, the young guys, they have the hip explosiveness and, and the body hasn't had the wear and tear yet as, uh, as much as mine has. But at the end of the day is, you know, sometimes, you know, wear and tear, maybe that's how you build muscle and, and whatever and, and, you know, keeps the body strong. But uh, um, certainly they have an advantage in explosiveness and endurance. Um, but yet they have a naivete of uh, not really knowing how to work out and keep their body functioning all the time, and you know a lot of times they they, they tend to burn out. Um, but uh, I don't I don't think there's any physical advantages to being 60 versus 20. Um, I, I would sure like to have the knowledge I have now, and yeah, I wouldn't want to be 20 again. But yeah, as a matter of fact, I don't want to be 30 or 40 either. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I'm fine where I'm at, you know, but uh, yeah, I think there's an advantage to being younger, but uh, uh, I don't know that there's any advantages to being older other than just being wiser. Well, that's what I was going to, that, that's kind of what I was thinking after listening to you. I was thinking that, you know, no, that, you know, like you said, I, I couldn't agree more and, and I'm, you know, I'm approaching my 50th birthday, but uh, physically, no. Uh, but I was thinking that I do train even for myself, and what I know, I'm so much more, uh, I'm so much wiser. I have so much more experience, and I train so much smarter now compared to when I was 17, which is when I started training. Um, and I, you know, for me personally, I would say there's an advantage on, you know, just kind of we'll call it time under tension, but I'll call it time under the bar, time in training, and yeah. just. How much we've read and experienced and life experience and, and all that. Physically, no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, all right. So do you have, and this is really changing gears, um, but I know that, that people would, I want to know, you know, any answers here just in case, but do you have favorite, I'm going to run a list here and just anything that pops into your head afterwards. Do you have any favorite shoes, socks, knee and elbow, sleeves, wraps, straps, gloves, belts, just anything at all that you like to wear and, and for, you know, for whatever reason? Well, you know, uh, I, I'm not a sponsored athlete by Reebok, but I, I do get a lot of stuff from them, so I do wear a lot of Reebok gear. We've had some discussions about uh, being sponsored, and uh, we're still in limbo there, but at the end of the day is um, there's a lot of good equipment out there. You know, my lifting shoes are Reebok. All my training shoes are Reebok, but uh, let's, uh, there's, there's, you know, Nike's coming out with some nice stuff now. There's there's some other good ones out there. I, I just, you know, Innovate has got some good product out there. I do use Body Wrench. Uh, they're actually a sponsor of mine for mobility. It's a, it's a compact uh, mobility tool that has the balls and the rollers all kind of in one unit. It's really easy to travel with. You know, I get a lot of free gear uh, as a competitor. 
from various people and stuff, including Reebok. So my, my equipment tends to be Reebok stuff. Do you wear the long socks? Do you wear shin guard? It depends what the wads are. My recommendation, doing deadlifts, wear long socks. Climbing ropes, wear long socks. And if you're a novice at climbing ropes, wear shin guards. On your right leg, if you well, on one of the on your on your leg that creates the drag, which which would be your top leg when you first grab. Uh, well, it's not your top leg because it ends up being your bottom leg as you do it. Ah, too hard to explain on the on the phone here. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, shin guard for rope climbs when you're uh, as a, as a novice. Long lay, uh, you know, long socks for deadlifts or any, almost anything coming off the ground because you tend to hit your shins when you're first learning, and then. Um, you know, uh, for rope climbing, I used to wear weightlifting shoes, but now these new Reebok shoes work real well for rope climbing, so I don't have to wear lifting shoes for that anymore, which is nice. Are they uh, are, are they kind of special shoes for rope climbing? No, they're, no, no, they're not. They're 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 just the Nano fours. But uh, you know, the, when the first came out, the Nanos they they get all tore up uh, come, coming down ropes and stuff. Now they've made the threes and the fours. Uh, they've got a real good grip on the uh, inside the arch there, and uh, coming down the rope, they've made the side of the shoe much stronger, pretty much indestructible, where they won't tear apart. So uh, they climb ropes real real, real well. And they're great for the cross training. Just enough cushion for running. Not that you need a lot of cushion for running, uh, depending if you've read uh, Born to Run or not. Uh, I believe in the not non-support shoes. Uh, they're nice and flat. Good for deadlifting. Good for O lifting, um, squatting, any, any kind of squat movement. I like to wear an o- Olympic lifting shoe uh, to elevate the heel a little bit and give me a better platform. And I do wear wow. I do wear a weight belt uh, for any kind of heavy squat or deadlift. Do you like gloves or any of the you know the various things that I've seen where they've got just the two holes in them just to kind of protect the pad of the hand at all? Do you absolutely you just go no no I'm totally getting I I get very frustrated with athletes that have uh, torn out hands from doing pull ups and and uh, toes to bars and things like that. Uh, these gymnastics scripts if they're used properly, uh, knocking on wood again here, I rarely rarely will rip my hands. Um, they have to be chalked properly. Um, and they have to be able to know how to get a little bit of a fold in them. So when you grab your pull-up bar, it's not flat in your hand. There's actually a little fold that comes up around your, uh, your around the the bottom part of your knuckles, which grips the bar uh, for you as long as they're chalked properly, and you don't get nearly as much pressure on your hands and even your forearms. You get a little bit better grip. Froning uses them now. I've been using them for five years. For four, you know, and um, but now you're seeing your top level athletes start to use them at the games. They just made them legal for the games a couple of years ago. Um, but absolutely, train with with those. Learn how to train with gymnastic grips for the pull-ups, toes to bars, uh, and kettlebell snatches. It's pretty much imperative to wear them for those. Is there a is there a brand and is it the kind where there's just like two holes for your two yeah yeah I buy, I buy Rogue yeah you can buy them at uh, Dick's Sporting Goods now on load uh, but they're the, they're the most durable uh, Amazon has a couple brands on there but they they won't hold up but I know the Rogue one the Rogue ones work uh, very very well uh, the, the pair okay. I've got now I've had for usually I'll rip out a pair within three or four months that these last I've had more than three or four months and not even come close to ripping yet so and Dick Sporting Goods now sells them now too I know around here and, and I, I think you can get the rogues online too but uh, at Amazon but uh, Dick's or just go to Rogue directly to get them okay great thank you for that well do you foam roll it's kind of a different subject do you foam roll get massages do yoga do any extra stretching or do anything special as a part of restoration or prehab not as much as i should you know that's one of my 
little sins. Uh, you know, I know mobility is incredibly important, but um, I'm kind of once I'm done, I'm kind of out of there. You know, it's been a, a long thing. I'm off to either trying to get home to get some food in me, or I'm off to coaching. Um, but I use um, I use the body wrench. Uh, you know, whenever I can, I've got to uh, you know keep one in my bag, and and uh, so I can grab that and you know you know work on uh, you know certain sore spots, uh, the hip flexors, uh, which loosens up your back, and work on my um, uh, on my back and uh, uh, the thoracic spine for shoulder mobility. Uh, you know, there's, there's certain spots that if I start to get sore, I will hit. Uh, with my body wrench and uh, which you know if that's not handy or if I just want to grab a foam roller I'll I'll, I'll jump on a foam roller and there's you know certainly a few, a few movements I do on that that'll you know get me to where I need to be fairly quickly all right thank you but definitely an advocate of rolling out and, and doing mobility without a doubt okay good do you have a favorite benchmark workout or wad you know I'm terrible with the names I really am. I get confused, but uh, there's one, and I can't even remember the name of it, but it's air squats, push-ups, and pull-ups. Just 20-minute AMRAP. The longer the the wad, the better off I am because I've got good muscle endurance, and I've always been able to be one of the top guys at the gym doing that one. It's I think it's like five pull-ups, ten push-ups, and 20 air squats, uh, and that reminds me uh, of Murph. Murphy's, without a doubt, uh, my favorite wad, although I hate running. But but what it represents, I don't know if you've read the book or seen the movie, but I've done both, and uh, you know it's just uh, you know it just represents what uh, uh, Michael Murphy did over in Afghanistan and uh, having a son that's been over in Afghanistan, another son that's in special forces. The military is a you know I'm just incredibly inspired by our, by our young men that have to go out there and and, and face this nonsense what they have to face over there so you know Murph is without a doubt my favorite workout uh, I always do with a 20 pound vest um, and uh, and that's a combination of a mile run with a 20 pound vest uh, then you do 100 pull-ups 200 push-ups and 300 air squats and you, and you break up the, the 100 200 and 300 of those movements into any uh, portion that you want to you can do you know four uh, 8, 12, or you know, 5, 10, or 15 of each at a time and do, you know, X amount of rounds until you complete the 100, 200, 300. Then you do another one mile run after that. Uh, usually takes anywhere from, you know, 40 to, uh, minutes to an hour to do. That's without a doubt my favorite one. Mainly because of what it represents. It gives me a chance to honor and suffer, uh, you know, for our military people out there. And I think about that whenever I do that workout. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you for that. And, when it comes to that, you had mentioned a movie. What movie were you referencing? It was the one about uh, Murphy and and their SEAL team uh, dropping into Afghanistan on a, on a particular mission and then getting ambushed. Uh, Lone, was it Lone Survivor. Lone Survivor. Lone Survivor. Lone Survivor. Great book. Great read. I'm sure most of your uh, listeners out there have heard about it. It was a great movie. Uh, came out about a year, year and a half ago. A great depiction of of the book. One of the few movies I've seen that was almost as good as the book. If you haven't seen it or read it, definitely get your hands on it. It's, it's uh, you can't put it down. It's awesome. It's awesome. I, I have done a scaled version of uh, the Murph, and uh, we did it chipper style. And, and is that how you typically do it? If if you're going to do the hundred pull-ups, do you just keep chipping away at them before you move on to the to the push-up? No. Well, we we break okay. it down. So we'll what I'll normally do is I'll do four twelve or four eight twelve. So I'll do four pull-ups. 12 push-ups, or 8 push-ups and 12 
air squats, and you do, I believe that breaks down to 25 rounds. 25 okay. rounds of that, and then I'll go do another mile run. And then okay, just keep going around and around, around and around and around until you until you're done, and go do the the mile run afterwards again. Okay, awesome. All right, so we're right, we're getting closer here. Uh, what do you like best about CrossFit, Scott? Without a doubt, it's you know the three, two, one, go is what caught me uh, and got me going uh, to compete. What keeps me there is you know suffering with friends. People that are crazy as I am, uh, that want to bleed, they want to sweat, uh, they want to lay on the floor gasping for air at the end of the workout, and uh, you know you enjoy the endorphin rush together, and you move on and have a great conversation after the workouts, and you talk about friends, family, you really get to know people, and so it's the community. So um, you know uh, the best part of my day is is you know. Going to CrossFit and working out, second best part of my day is coaching. It's just fun to be around people that feel good about themselves, and and we have a lot in common. We hang out together. I mean, if it wasn't for CrossFit, I, I wouldn't have any Facebook friends. I might have 10 instead of 1,000, you know. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so, yeah, it's 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 a, just a great community. And, uh, you know, I work out with my daughter every day. You know, my son used to until he joined special, until he got into special forces. And, and uh, so I get to see her. But uh, it's just, yeah, it's just good people to be around and and that are like-minded. And uh, uh, that's what I enjoy most, most about it. Thank you. CrossFit, you know, really didn't get its start till 2000. And it's really... I mean, from what I've seen and being around, you know, fitness my whole life, um, it seems to have really come in in the last five to seven years. So I, I guess I'm, I'm going to have to call it a new platform. And as an outsider, it's even been obvious to me that they are evolving and they're evolving every year. What changes do you see as being most needed right away? And where do you see CrossFit five years from now? You know, it's, it's going to be interesting because, you know, because it's gotten so popular, you're starting to see a lot of spinoffs and, you know, boot camps and things like that that are uh, using a lot of the CrossFit uh, movements and functional fitness movements. But at the end of the day, what CrossFit needs to be is, is what it is. And, you know, you sometimes... Uh, you don't change what's not broken, but you know they. It just needs to. The gyms have to be smarter. The the uh, the, the the coaches need to be better. Uh, you have to integrate. I think yoga, or at least have the option for yoga, more mobility, and really just more coaching to keep people healthy. That's what I, that's what I'm seeing now. I'm seeing that the programming is totally changing from just doing the wad of the day. Now a lot of the wads are, you know, maybe a series of real short, um, as many rounds as possible, AMRAPs, five minutes. You might do three AMRAPs in uh, as your wad for the day with a two-minute uh, break in between. Um, or you might your workout of the day might be a EMOM, every minute on the minute of a certain lift. So you're seeing. Just going from this high intensity of boom, three, two, one, go to really working on more functional movement at a slower pace, but still getting a really good heart rate out of it. And then maybe with a finish of a, you know, a 2,000 meter row or a 1,000 meter row to really blast that hard at the end. So it's constantly evolving for the advanced athletes and it's, it's actually better for the novice athlete. Well, I've got to ask a question as a as, as a favor to someone locally that I, I respect a great deal, and I have to thank for at least making an official introduction for me to CrossFit. And it's a 70-year-young CrossFit coach local to me, and he asked me to ask you this. 
how long do you want to live? That's a, you know, that's a very interesting question. You know, as being an active person all my life, I, you know, I see people in old folks' homes and things like that and that are being taken care of or on these little scooters and it, it kind of makes me cringe. Uh, I don't think I want, I'm one of those that really wants to live forever. Uh, I like to have my hair on fire and, and, and go and go and go. I've got an 87 year old mom that's, you know, plays golf three times a week and, you know, uh, I don't think I'd be a good older person. <laughs> I, don't, I, may change, mm-hmm. I may change my mind on that. I often tell people I just, you know, on the end of the day, I just, you know, maybe ride my bike down a hill really fast uh, when I'm a little bit older, maybe less functional, and and go fly off a cliff and say good, you know, goodbye to the world. <laughs> you know, uh, I may I may change my mind, but I don't. You know, I want to if 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 I can't physically perform and take care of myself. I don't know that I want to, I certainly don't want to be a burden on my family. I, I don't know that, I, you know, it shouldn't be a long answer, but I, I don't know that I want to live forever. Um, I want, I, as long as I'm functional, great. If I'm not, see ya. I, I totally understand, and I think there will be a lot of people listening that absolutely, you know, would agree in, in their own way that regardless of how long, you know, I live, I don't, I don't want to go out early, but regardless of how long I live, I, I want to be relatively, you know, healthy up to the, you know a, a short period at the end or like you said you go out you go out uh very quickly for some reason yeah. you know at, at an older age but um well thank you for that thank you for you know tolerating that that question no no problem path. I, I really you know i, I promised him that i'd ask that yeah. question and hey earlier i i asked and i'm gonna go ahead and ask it now because somebody might somebody might say hey you said you were going to ask this dave and you didn't why do you feel you're the only masters competitor that's returned this many times um, I think it's just, it comes down to, I, I, I've been lucky with genetics and I think just being a, an athlete all my life and, uh, just, I think it's a part of my personality. I'm just kind of one of those kind of guys that, you know, I've had the same job since I've been out of high school, basically, or since I've been out of college. You know, if I like doing something and if I'm good at it, I kind of continue with it. Uh, same thing with snow skiing, water skiing, snowboarding. I'm basically an expert at all of those. Uh, I enjoy them all. And so I continue to do them. I think I'm smart how I train. Uh, my body's used to being trained. Uh, I've trained my muscles, I guess, to, uh, that allows me to continue to train. I don't know. Maybe I'm just lucky what I can and what I can't do and how to avoid, you know, hurting myself. Thank you. I, I get it. And, and I think it, anybody it, listening will it, as well. It might be luck as much as anything, I tell you. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I like to think that I train smart, but uh, obviously genetically, uh, you know, I've been blessed. So, so let's say someone listening has said, I don't know, some of this is scary, some of it's interesting, uh, some of it's intriguing, whatever it is to them. Uh, let's say it's someone who's never been in a CrossFit facility at all. Uh, maybe they've not even really spent a lot of time in a gym, but this is of interest enough to them where they think they might want to take the next step. What advice would you give that person who's never stepped foot in a, in a CrossFit facility? They call it a box. What should they do? And so they, they're going to, are they going to walk into a place and feel incredibly intimidated? How does someone who's you know, 220 pounds on a five-five-five-six frame who's overweight and thinks, no way in heck can I do this. Or maybe they're not overweight. Maybe they're, you know, maybe they're at a, a healthy weight now, but they've never done this. And it's extremely, it's, and, and to me, it's not so much now, after all these years of training and lifting and, and now being at least uh, on the front side of, of really learning it myself, it's not so intimidating, but 
for the average person out there, I could see this being extremely intimidating. What advice would you have for that person who's never stepped foot in the gym, well, never stepped foot across yeah, the facility? I did tell you what, you're, you're touching on a very important subject here. Um, you know, one of the problems with CrossFit and, and, and all these the rampant uh, proliferation of all the other boxes out there is that, you know, they're kind of open up on a, a wing and a prayer, and you know, there's real not a really a uh, sophisticated business plan, but you need to go to a box, and, and who knows which one that is, but, you know, if you're talking with people where they actually have a, a step-up program and where they actually sit down with you, like Front Range CrossFit does, you you know, to be an athlete there, if, if you're walking in as a new uh, non-CrossFitter, you know, you sit down with a coach and you go over goals and your weight, your injuries, what you're afraid of, what you're not, and, and, and then have personal training sessions as part of your, your ramp-up or integration into CrossFit. Uh, just to you know, go in there like I did and, and do wides. You know, I, I mean, I, I wouldn't go through an integration program because I was an athlete and been, I am an athlete and you know, could pretty much handle that kind of a load, but most people, especially the person you're describing, needs to sit down with a coach that knows what he's talking about and, and go through what this person's goals are. And how do we get you from point A to point B to point C, you know, and, and keep you involved? Nobody wins if you show up and then leave and don't come back. You know, the gym doesn't win. They, they lose a customer or don't keep a customer. Uh, the potential customer, he's gone. He's not becoming physically fit. He's losing too. You know, so you gotta, you gotta find out common ground what's gonna keep this guy there and uh, where he's not gonna be intimidated. Integrate him into the system slowly. Uh, teach him uh, the basic movements and then you coach him along. And, and actually participate with him in the very first class uh, while another coach is coaching it. And this is what we do at Front Range, and uh, that's incredibly important. You, you just can't throw the throw him into the fire, which uh, most gyms do, and then expect him to stay because uh, you know, a lot of them aren't going to stay doing that. So it's, you just have to have a real good integration step-up type program. Most of the CrossFits, or maybe all as a part of the plan, have the, the on-ramp. But you were talked about integration. Is there... A, you know, we talked you know, somewhat in this interview about terminology that's become so, you know, the vernacular of CrossFit. Is there terminology that a new person would ask? Would they ask if they have an integration program? I mean, most of the CrossFits have an on-ramp. Um, is there anything they should specifically kind of ask for? Uh, yeah, just they should, is, is there a training? Is there an initiation program? Or is there um, some type of uh, you know, step-up integration or ramp-up? Uh, there's all kinds of different terms we use, uh, but some kind of uh, beginner as you know, a beginner program you know, to get me, you know, to get me up to speed, okay. so to speak. And then, uh, and, and I think it's important to you know, be able to sit down with this person and go over their goals. If they're really a kind of a brand new person coming into this, you need to find out what they really want to do and how they want to get there, and explain to them how, you know, how how that you know we're going to do it at this gym. Absolutely. All right. Thank you. I, this is the last question. I promise this is it. <laughs> I'm, right. uh, I'm going to let you go here. Your busy day. So, what's next for you? I, I think I heard you say earlier you're still training. You, it sounds to me like you're going for a four peak. I'm just, you know, I'm traveling. Well, number one, I love to train. Uh, number two, I love to compete. Uh, number three, like I told you before, I hate to lose. And and so I'm motivated as much today as I was. Not probably more today than I've ever been to continue to compete. Uh, I kind of enjoy going to California and, and competing against uh, all my master's friends. Uh, uh, I love these guys. Uh, nothing but great, mad respect for all these master athletes that are busting their ass. And, 
and uh, you know try to keep themselves physically fit and compete at, at these older ages. I, you know, it's, it's just so much fun to be out there and involved and around these guys. So I'm really looking forward to uh, to being out there again this next year. The competition's getting tougher every year. I'm getting a little bit older. They're getting a little bit younger as they step up into my age group. But uh, you know, I, I feel good, and as long as I'm good enough to go. Uh, I will continue to go. And at this point, I feel like I, I still have it. I think I've got a chance. Uh, I know there's some guys in my age group. Hi to you, Tim, out there. You know who I'm talking about. And and uh, Steve, who, uh, a new guy that showed up this year that's in incredible shape. And, and uh, there's others out there throughout the world, uh, from South Africa to Australia, New Zealand. Uh, I've got competitors everywhere. And uh, I look forward to seeing these guys. Uh, next July out in Carson. Yeah, I plan on winning again. Awesome, awesome. Well, Scott, I can't thank you enough for taking time out of your busy day to talk with me and and the the many, many, many listeners that are going to, uh, I think, get so much uh, out of this interview. Uh, I want to thank you for um, being a leader, leading from the front, and and giving uh, all of us, I think, hope and inspiration uh, for what is still possible. That. No matter no matter what, and we do recognize that you've been active and an athlete your whole life, and that doesn't mean that everybody listening is going to be or, or has ever been. But I still think that your example and just your mindset for you know what any any person can do, like you said, get off the couch, go do something, be active, be mobile, is just really inspiring and really motivating. For, for everybody listening, and, and I'll give you the last word, but I just want to say thank you again for taking time and doing this interview with me. Well, I, I appreciate, David, you uh, reaching out and contacting me and, you know, listen to the uh, pontificate here, but, uh, you know, hopefully you know, hopefully we'll get across to some of your listeners that it's, you know, it really isn't just CrossFit. It's, um, it's not about me, CrossFit. It's really about physical fitness, which... Uh, you know, translates right into emotional fitness and, uh, and just really about having a, you know, just a, a greater quality of life and, and, uh, you know, get off the couch, like I said, and you've repeated that, uh, you know, just do something that it, it's so, life is so much more rewarding, uh, as an active person versus being a passive person and, and sitting there and watching TV. Yeah, you, you get plenty of time to do that when you get old, 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 old. You know, right now you need to, you need to be doing stuff and, uh, you, you benefits, your family benefits, your business associates benefit, uh, everybody around you benefits when, uh, when you're feeling better about yourself and, and you're, and you're physically fit. So well, thank, well, thank you, David. You again. Oh, thank you so much. I, I'm looking forward to following you as you uh, continue to, uh, compete and train. Can't wait to, to see where you go. And I look forward to, uh, hopefully staying in touch in one way, shape, form or another. And, and again, thank you so much. Yeah. Again, thanks for reaching out and please yeah, stay in touch and, uh, and, uh, I'll follow your uh, website and see what you're up to and good luck on your competitions. Yeah. Thanks so much. Have All a right. great day. You too, David. Bye now. All right. See you. Thank you for listening. This is David Greenwald of Leanness Lifestyle University. For more information on programs we offer, visit LeanNessLifestyle.com. That's L-E-A-N-N-E-S-S Lifestyle.com. I look forward to working with you personally and through the wonder of an inside-out transformation, helping you to not only turn your body, but your life around.